Hi, I'm Jennifer Matthewson Spear, and you have joined us today for a Word of Joy podcast. Well, here I am at the kitchen table again. Um, we're still in our quarantine situation, and and the last time I recorded here at the table, um, we were talking about hope, and and what is hope, and how does it anchor our soul, and, and that was actually the first part of a, a two part message, and it's it's chapter one in my book, Women of Hope. And in fact, Alan and I, my husband and I, used this same message Sunday for a Facebook Live broadcast, for our broadcast, that's not right, the right word, Facebook Live post for First Baptist Church Bradenton. Anyway, this is that second part. If you're a podcast listener, I want you to know that you, you're a believer in Christ. You do have hope. It does anchor our souls. And we have defined hope as the desire for a good thing and having the confident expectation that we will receive it based on the Word of God, and the character of God. And yet, as believers in Christ, this hope that we have has parameters. It has boundaries, and it also has responsibilities. Part of the boundaries is knowing what hope is not. Hope is not wishful thinking. It's not positive thinking. It's not coming up with this great plan and and then crossing our fingers or praying real hard and asking God to come through. Hope is not based on our feelings, and and hope is not the perception of how things could be or how things should be. Hope is based on truth, and truth is the unfailing, unchanging Word of God that flows from the unchanging, unfailing character of God. Hope doesn't come and go. It doesn't wax and wane with our circumstances or or our feelings because hope is based on God's word. We have hope because we have Christ. Hope remains for the believer in Christ even when we can't see it, even when we don't feel it, and even if temporarily for a season of time we don't even believe it. Hope is still there because hope is not based on us. Hope is based on Christ and his faithfulness, and it It anchors us. It holds us every single time. But as Christians, we have the privilege, we have the choice of living daily in our hope or not. We can choose not to live in the hope that is ours. If we want to live in the hope that is already ours, we have a daily responsibility to cooperate with God, to surrender to his ways and his plan and his truth. So in a very practical way today, I want us to look at how we live in the hope that already belongs to us. My name is Jennifer Spear. This is a Word of Joy podcast. I think it's the kitchen table podcast, and you're going to hear pages turning, and you may hear the dog moving around, and the phone might ring. Different things could happen, but we're just going to sit together for a few minutes right here at the kitchen table. Practically speaking, we can live in our hope in three ways. If, if you're a note taker or just taking mental notes, there's three ways. Live with a renewed mind, live by faith, and live in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to live with a renewed mind? Paul talks about living with 
being renewed in the spirit of your mind, Ephesians 4.23. He says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 12.2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So here's these two words, renewing and transforming, and they're related to our mind. But neither one of these things just magically happen when we become Christians, that we just automatically think differently. This renewing and transforming is a daily process. And God uses His Word to renew and to transform our minds. But we have to cooperate. We have to participate in this daily transformation. How do you do that? It's just so simple. You learn to read God's Word and meditate on it, memorize it, sing it, pray it, any way that you can digest or get God's Word into your life. Now, I'm not talking about having a quiet time and reading a nice little story, but I'm talking about opening God's Word, putting your eyes on the paper and reading it for yourself, your paper, your phone, reading it for yourselves. And for some of you, if you're a new believer, those that's a hard thing to do. It's like it doesn't make sense and it, it it's not familiar language language. And yet the more we become familiar with God's word, the more it begins to sink into our lives and we begin to understand it. And there's so many great translations out there that are so understandable. And there are lots of guides to help us understand scripture. So we really are, especially in this culture, we are really without excuse for digesting and reading and taking in the word of God. And God uses that to change the way we think. Why is it so important to change the way we think? Warren Wiersbe has always said, what you believe determines how you behave, or what you think determines how you behave. Our thoughts determine our actions, and our thoughts even determine our feelings. And certainly, having a renewed and a changed mind is not behavior modification. It's not working from the outside. It's not an external change, but it's an internal change. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says that the, the Word of God is living and active, and it's like a, a surgeon's knife. It's just cutting us, not cutting us to wound us, but cutting us to heal us and to, to make us like Christ. Ephesians 3 verse 16 and 17 says we're strengthened with power in the inner man and we, we, are, we are being changed from the inside out. Our society unfortunately, unfortunately values feelings over thinking. And yet, both feelings and thoughts originate in the minds. And feelings are not invalid, but they cannot be the rudder that guides the ship. Tony Evans, recently I heard him say that, that feelings cannot be the engine. They have to be the caboose. So what is the engine in our life? The engine is truth. It's, it, what, it is what guides us. It, it anchors our mind. It, it may not have all these positive feelings that come after they may or they may not come, but truth will direct us and guide us. And we must stand firm in truth. And truth is God's word. Three times in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul tells us to stand firm. And when he says that little phrase, stand firm, he means to stand firm in a critical time of battle. Well, I think these days are critical times of battle. It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get distracted. It's easy to get downcast. And, and Paul is saying, stand firm. And stand firm in what? The truth that God's in control. The truth that you have hope. The truth that Christ loves you. The truth that there's a plan for your life. The truth that he will see us through and that all things work together for good. Things that just seem absolutely impossible in this moment. We are to stand firm in that truth. And it anchors our 
mind. There are two passages that I always go to when I really need to be reaffirmed about the goodness of the Word of God. One of them is Psalm 119. There's 176 verses in Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the entire Bible. And yet those 176 verses are divided into small increments. And each one is is um, represented by one letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So they're just like five to seven verses in each section. But all 176 verses tell us the benefits of the Word of God. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything is worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. When he says, let your mind dwell, that word dwell means settle down and live there. Let your mind dwell on the things that are pure and true and honorable and pure and lovely and of good repute and excellent and worthy of praise. Where do we find those things? We find those things in the word of God. And that's where our mind is to settle down and live. And Paul's not saying that we're to be naive. We're not to be ignorant of the evil or the bad that's out there. We're not putting our head in the sand and pretending nothing bad is going on. But it is not our focus. Christ is our focus and the word of God is anchoring us in that. This renewing and the changing and the transforming of our minds is is not saying that if you just read your Bible enough that everything's going to turn out fine. That's, That's not what this transforming of the mind is about. It is saying that truth is the light that shines at our feet in the darkest night and it will illuminate the next step. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And that truth, his word guides my choices, my decisions, my reactions. It's a place for us to stand when we cannot see what God is doing, when we don't feel what God is doing, when we don't understand what God is doing. Truth is where we stand. In my own personal life, I've wrestled with God on so many issues, death, grief, sin, cancer, depression, prodigals, And even in the wrestling and all those things, I eventually have to come back and rest in his truth. That doesn't mean there's always going to be happy thoughts and serene circumstances, but I know that truth will anchor my mind and he will reassure me of my hope in Christ. And that anchor holds every single time. So if we are living with this renewed mind, now there comes a point where we just have to get up and live our day and we're to live by faith. Scripture says the just shall live by faith. And the just means believers in Christ. It's interesting in Scripture that the word hope and the word faith are very closely related or closely linked. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. 1 Corinthians 13 says three things remain, faith, hope, and love. So faith and hope are linked together in Scripture. So we need to understand what that word faith is and how does it relate to the hope that we have. We live with a renewed mind, and now we need to learn to live by faith. Let's look again at what faith is not. Faith is not for a select few. It's not for the, just the preacher or the missionary or the teacher or the Christian celebrity. Faith is for every believer. 
Faith is not believing harder, claiming louder. Faith is not dramatic or theatrical. Faith is not a leap into the dark. Faith is rather simple. It is believing God, trusting God enough to obey Him. It is acting on the truth that He has already revealed in His Word. Okay, let's go back to that verse, Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You think about the word of God, the truth of God being a lamp or a light, perhaps like a flashlight. On my phone, I have a flashlight. And I use that little flashlight a lot when I travel, especially in third world countries. Because when you walk on those dirt roads or those those inner city streets, you, you you don't ever know what's out there and you really need to be careful so you don't trip off the curb or fall into a hole or step into something awful and so you shine that flashlight at night when you're walking right at your feet so that you can step into that light well you don't shine the light way out in front of you out out far ahead trying to see what's way down the road because if you do that you're going to miss what's right at your feet you just shine that little light right at your feet and then you step into the light the word of god is the light and it shines at your feet but faith is stepping into that light it's not a leap into the dark it's not having all the answers it's not something big and dramatic it is just one simple step into the light of truth that you have been given that is a life of living by faith so now let's relate that to hope if i'm if if faith is just trusting god just believing him enough to step into the light to to obey him and what he's already said how does that line up with my hope well, let's look at some verses of Scripture. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, there's a promise there. There's a hope there. That hope is that, that Christ will cleanse us from sin, that He is faithful and just to cleanse us and forgive us. That's our hope. But there's also an action there. There's also a step of faith that you and I must take. And that's the first part of that verse, if we confess our sins. There's something for us to do. There's something about believing God and then doing what he has said. So I have hope. I have this hope that he will forgive me, that he will cleanse me. But then by faith, I must trust him enough to confess my sins, to trust him, to, to acknowledge my shortcomings to him trusting that he will cleanse and forgive. So that's how faith and hope line up. There's another illustration, another verse of scripture, Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That verse 7 is our hope, that the peace of God surpasses our understanding and stands guard over our hearts and our mind. Hearts is our feeling, mind is our thinking, stands guard over those things. That's our hope. But how do I live in that hope? I do verse 6. I pray. I Ask, and I am thankful. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer, with supplication and thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And so by faith, I must do what Scripture has asked me to do so that I can live in the hope that I have. I have to pray. 
I have to worship. I have to ask specifically. I have to be thankful on the front end of my prayers, not waiting till God has already answered my prayers or given an answer to my prayers, but I'm thankful on the front end. I, I do this in faith because I trust the heart of God. And then I am living in my hope that he is standing guard over my heart and my mind. So faith and hope are certainly linked together. We have hope and we learn to live in it by faith. So we, now we are daily cooperating with God to live in our hope by having our minds renewed and transformed by the word of God. And we live daily in that truth and we live by faith. But here's the last one. We live in the power of the Holy Spirit. There's so many of us that have had bad teaching on the Holy Spirit, and, and some of us just run away from that teaching on the Holy Spirit. We don't really know what to think about the Holy Spirit. He is the forgotten person of the Trinity many times, but we can't ignore him. He is the dynamic. He is the power that enables us to live this way. He enables us to live abundantly and victoriously. He is the one who indwells us, who uses the word of God to transform our hearts and our minds. Henry Blackaby says, the, the spirit of God uses the word of God to teach us the ways of God and the will of God. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, he says, it is God at work in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. That God at work in us is the Holy Spirit, both to will, to want to obey Him, to want to trust Him, to want to live for Him. And then when we respond to that desire, then He enables us to do it. And He strengthens us with power in the inner man, is what Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. The inner man includes our mind, our will, our emotion, our values, our conscience. The inner man is strengthened and the outer man changes. Romans 15 verse 13 is one of my favorite verses. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him, that you may abound or overflow in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Folks, God is not just the dispenser of hope. He is hope. And as we yield to him, he fills us with joy and peace. And we overflow with hope because it is the Holy Spirit working within us. What does it require? It requires daily surrender to him. He indwells us permanently when we come to salvation. The, the Bible says that, that it's a sealed transaction, that, that he's not going to leave us. But we have to surrender to him daily to experience his filling daily, to have our minds renewed, to be enabled to obey by faith and to live according to his power. So in closing, let me ask you a question. Can a believer in Christ lose hope? The answer is no. You can lose the feeling of hope, my friend, but you cannot lose hope. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. It is a completed transaction. It can never be undone. Christ is in us to stay and therefore hope is in us to stay. He is he's residing in our life and, and it's not based on us. It's not based on our faithfulness, our feelings, our performance or our circumstances. His residency in our life is based on his character, his word, and his faithfulness. 
When my late husband, Dana, and I moved to Knoxville, Tennessee, we were right outside of those great smoky mountains, those beautiful, beautiful mountains. And every day I would leave my house and, and I would drive across the plateau and I would make a left turn to go down to the church. And, and, and as I made that left turn to go down to the church, there was this panoramic view of the Great Smoky Mountains. And I, I lived there for 13 years and I, I made that drive almost every day. And, and I don't think I ever, ever missed a time of gasping at the majesty and the beauty of what was before me in the mountains. But I also lived there long enough to understand that sometimes my view of the mountains was obscured. In the spring and the fall, when the weather was changing, there would be a fog that settled in, and I wouldn't be able to see the mountains clearly. In the wintertime, those low-hanging snow clouds, storm clouds would settle in, and I couldn't see the mountains. In the summer, there was a haze that would come, and that's the name Smoky Mountains. The pine trees put off a haze, and, and it would block the view of the mountains. But I lived there long enough to know that no matter if the fog or the haze or the clouds were settled in, that the mountains were still there. They were still in place. They were not moving. It was my view that had been obstructed, but it hadn't affected the mountains. And folks, that's, that's what hope is like. Our hope is always there. Sometimes our circumstances will block our view. Sometimes sickness or even sin will obstruct our view of that hope that we have. But hope is with us because Christ is with us. It is not dependent upon our circumstances or our quarantine or our economy or our health. It's not dependent upon any of those things. Hope is found in Christ. And this is where we are anchored. Now, my prayer today is that you would choose to live in your hope, the hope that is already yours, and you choose to live in it by allowing the truth of God to renew and transform your mind, by stepping into that truth by faith, believing, trusting God enough to obey Him, and leaning in and depending on the power of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. I heard Carmen from the Joy FM say, Every person needs three things to know they are loved, to know that life has purpose, and to know there is hope. And believers in Christ have all three things because they have Christ. Live in your hope. Renew your mind through the word. Walk by faith, stepping into the light, and live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Understanding that Christ and this hope is an anchor for your soul. Thank you for joining us today for this Word of Joy podcast. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Word of Joy or you would like to know more about the resources that are available, just take a look at our website at www.wordofjoy.org.